wind was a torrent of darkness among the gusty trees. The moon was a ghostly galleon tossed upon cloudy seas. The road was a ribbon of moonlight over the purple moor. And the highwayman came riding, riding, riding. The highwayman came riding up to the old inn door. Disease travels on horseback, a wild rider on a steed called Fear. Fear whispers on street corners and spreads rumours like a rash. She's been married five times. She's a Samaritan, unclean, unclean. She self-isolates, goes to the well in the middle of the day. What does that tell you? No one goes to the well in the middle of the day. The sun beats down and the carrion cry overhead and yet here she is isolating Easier by far to avoid the crowds, to not have to rise above the whispers five times. Married five times. And then on this day, in this way, she meets a man who breaks through all her boundaries and his own. Jewish man, Samaritan woman, and he gives her living water. And still around them, as they stand, two humans talking together about diving deep and God on the mountain, the fear, the highwayman came riding, 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 the highwayman came riding up to the old inn door, the fear swirls around them like mist. And even the disciples, the ones who were supposed to know better, were like, wait, what? Why is he talking to a woman? Why is he talking to those Asians over there, the ones with the long black hair and those eyes? You can't trust them, you know, the yellow peril and all that. And the highwayman came riding, riding, riding. The highwayman came riding up to the old inn door. My foster daughter, who is from Nepal, tells me of how when she and her friends who are all Asian, stick together girls, safety in numbers. When she and her friends walk into the home economics room at school, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. All the kids, well, not all, she says, but some of the kids say, quick, grab the food. The Asians are coming. She's standing in the home ec room in the middle of the day. No one comes here in the middle of the day. She is looking for living water. And last week on the 7am podcast, Asian Australians interviewed spoke of how more disturbing than the casual racism is how quickly it has become normal. How quickly it has become just another thing in your day, the people turning their face away and the corridor clearing and the man stepping quickly out of the lift and the hand not shook and the nervous jokes. It was just a joke. And one woman interviewed, her accent broad as the bush, spoke of how she and her mother both realised that they had been reciting the same mantra whenever they sat on the train or the bus or the tram, the same simple words over and over in their heads. Don't sneeze, don't sneeze, don't sneeze. And the highwayman comes riding. Throughout human history, peoples and nations have defined themselves over and against other groups. It's what we do. Human history is filled with these stories. There's even a field of study called sociobiology, which tells us that human beings seem to prefer small groups, safety and numbers stick together. Girls, considerable data from many cultures and historical time periods indicate that the small group with which most people feel comfortable connecting numbers approximately 11 or so people. 
This wee clan, usually consisting of folk from one's extended family or ethnic group, becomes the in-group. And almost everybody else becomes the out-group. In the time of the woman at the well, the disciples of Jesus had their own ideas about who was in and who was out. And they used words like alien, Egyptian, foreigner, leper, outsider, prostitute, Samaritan, whore, tax collector, uncircumcised, harlot, diseased, other, other, other. And they had reasons, of course, to ostracise them. I mean, there's always <laughs> reasons, aren't there? The reason we hate them is because they built a bigger temple. They stole our land. They came here on boats. They're standing at the border. They bought the disease. They worship funny gods. What is with that weird god? They stole all the masks. They hoarded the food. They coughed at the bus stop. The reason, the reason. Ah, but there is always a reason, isn't there? And fear comes riding up to the gate, the highwayman came riding, riding, riding. So right now, in our time, there is a terrible virus. And this in itself is a scary thing. It's okay to feel frightened. It's a thing which needs to be contained and treated and for which vaccines need to be found and for which we all as a community need to keep each other safe. But something else is happening which is also super scary. In the words of monthly journalist Paddy Manning, while the health consequences of the virus are deeply worrying, it's the panicky response of otherwise sensible Australians living in a well-off, educated country with a good public health system that is truly shocking. And he believes that part of the problem that has led to this panic is based in our lack of trust in our institutions and our lack of trust in each other, including our political leaders. We have become so suspicious of our leaders lying to us or telling us half-spun truths Sports rot? Trip to Hawaii, anyone? That it's almost like we have decided as a nation that we can trust no one. No one but ourselves. It's almost like Margaret Thatcher and the neoliberalists have finally won and there really is no such thing as society. And so we are giving in to our own selfish and bird fluttering in a cage panic. Must stockpile toilet paper, must buy up all the Panadol rather than listening to what our government is calling us to do, which is to stay calm. So what is our response to all of this as a people of faith? A woman stands all alone in the midday sun. Jesus goes and stands with her. No more is there isolation, no more ostracization. And this woman, she returns to the people who have rejected her and inspires them to understand God in a whole new way. Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship God neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. For the hour is coming and is now here when we will worship God in spirit and in truth. Not in tribe, not in place, not in rule, not in credo, not in doctrine, not in cultural practice, just in love. That's all we've got. Or in other words, not in barrier erecting cults, but in boundary breaking community. So what is our response as a people of faith? To stand with the woman in the middle of the day? Yes. 
Now, perhaps not physically, because we might be at home in quarantine for 14 days, but metaphorically and politically and theologically. As medical historian and epidemic expert Howard Markle recently wrote, the virus is a socially transmitted disease, and we all have a social contract to stop it. What binds us is a microbe, but it also has the power to separate us. We're actually a very small community on this planet, whether we acknowledge it or not. And this virus proves it. The time to act like a community is now. So we will stay apart physically if we must, but we will not stay apart spiritually or energetically. And we will practice calm and kindness and we will share and we will smile at each other. We will halt the tribal suspicions in our mind and encourage others to do the same and we will love each other in action. We will love each other and our world, our whole frightened, vulnerable, panicking world. Mm -hmm.